everyone. Thank you for being here. I am so excited and delighted to be able to bring to you Cole James today. We're going to have a little visit about the Grief Recovery Institute and all that encompasses. And so I know that there will be a lot to learn today. Thank you for being here. Uh, uh, honor to be here. Thank you, Angela. I'm excited for our conversation today, uh, to be sure. Yeah. So I know people are going to want to know just a little bit about you and how it is you got into the work that you do. Sure. So I am um, a 42-year-old, and I got into this work about 12 years ago. And so I work, uh, I help lead the Grief Recovery Institute. And my father founded this institute over 45 years ago, following the tragic loss of a son who would have been my older brother. Uh, and he developed this beautiful work and we, you know, we may or may not get into some of those things in detail, uh, you know, down the road. But anyway, it was always kind of um, a thing that I was proud of for my dad. You know, when I was young, six, seven, if you asked me, I would tell you my dad helped sad people. That was kind of my my awareness <laughs> of what he did for a living. Um, and then unfortunately, in in my 20s, I started losing people, right? Grief, grief became a real part of my life. And I lost a dear friend to a drunk driving accident. And then I lost a, a, a loved cousin of mine to suicide. And all of a sudden, I, you know, I had quite a bit of a broken heart. And so I ended up doing this program that my dad created without kind of an awareness of what that program, what this work would, would do for me. Um, and through uh, the four-day kind of workshop I was participating in, by day three, I was asking him to come on board full time and help him continue this work and, and dedicate my life to it. That's that's kind of how powerful it was for me and in my healing journey. And then I saw 12 other people in that room over the weekend really do amazing work for the stuff they needed to work on. And I, I was hooked. I was like, you know what? I want to help continue on this legacy of his. Right. So that's a little bit about how I got into this work. Yeah. And how beautiful that you're carrying on that work. You know, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. And I know that, um, grief recovery, um, is a little bit different, I think mm -hmm. in some ways from other certification. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, so, you know, it, when, when my dad developed this work way back in the kind of late seventies, there, there really wasn't much out there in the grief space at all. It's kind of why he wanted to, to enter into it. Um, he felt that society, it was a topic we really wanted to brush under the rug and we wanted to really downplay it. And even when his son died, uh, they, you know, loving friends and family repainted the nursery in neutral color and, and kind of the game plan was let's, let's pretend it didn't happen. Right. And, and that wasn't sufficient for him, let's put it lightly. And, and he was heartbroken. And so was his wife at the time. Um, and so anyway, one of the things that he did is he went on this quest to, to find some tools that helped him. And he found some, um, and but he was a home builder. He he had no background in any of that. He was not a mental health professional. He was just a grieving guy that was desperately looking for some tools, found some, um, and people were sent to him, friends and family. You got to go talk to John after they'd experienced the loss. And so he, he ended up taking these tools that were helpful, self-published a book uh, that later became the Grief Recovery Handbook. And we're proud it's now in over 22 languages. Uh, but at the core of that book, we we he found and we're really believers that 
Uh, time simply passing does not heal us, right? We need to find some actions within time that heal us. And so this program is action-based, right? There are writing assignments, there's kind of awareness stuff, there is reading assignments, there's sharing with other people, and it all culminates into what, what our goal is, is to find emotional completion with what is unfinished for us emotionally. I want to, I want to, just have a caveat there because sometimes people can get scared when I say something like that. And by no means am I saying we are looking to get complete with the person that we lost, right? That we want to have a healthy emotional relationship with that person. And for many of us, we want to have a healthy spiritual relationship with that person. In the case of when we lose someone to a death, the the physical relationship, of course, ends. And that can be very painful and we can get very stuck in that. Um, and so really our work focuses on emotional completion and helping people take actions to find emotional completion with what is unfinished, with what is painful. Not We're not looking to get complete with someone. That could, that would be impossible, nor would we want that. Um, so again, we may or may d dive more into detail of that later, but I think our what differentiates us from some other stuff out there and our certification specifically is this pragmatic kind of step-by-step -step approach that still allows for the uniqueness of the work we all need to do around our loss, right? Because all of these people we lose, our relationships are one of a kind with them. No, you know, no one will ever know the relationship you have or I have with that, you know, with that person, let's say that in a case of a death. So it this method allows us to kind of be, there's a framework that, that we can work in, but we can also all the different hundreds of emotions we may have in a given um, uh, relationship that that we need to identify where do we feel stuck what hurts and then work through completion of that yeah yeah and i love that and i love the fact that it's called grief recovery because mm -hmm. uh for me a, a little trigger point i'll tell you at the beginning of my grief was that i was told that i would not get over it that i mm. would learn to live with it that I would learn to carry it. And for me, that was not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was yep. just um, because the emotions were so strong and I would wake up in the morning with this devastating feeling. I just needed something more. Yep. Yep. And I, I want to be very sensitive around this topic. Um, but we do get quite often, um, I don't know. Well, I don't know about quite often, but enough for me to take note. You know, we'll get emails in in our inbox or in our social media platforms where the word recovery is 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 very bothersome to people. Um, the idea that we can still live a fulfilling life and we can still find joy and happiness in spite of some of these losses that we do believe we can never recover from. We can never smile again. We can never find joy. Um, and so there is that. And often we find that people that are writing those letters, unfortunately, find their way into a group where sometimes the, the leader of the group is unfinished with their own grief. And so their best guidance for that person or that group is this is a life sentence of misery. You know, and if I can't smile, I know you won't be able to smile. And then we kind of all share in our pain and that pain turns into identi an identity and you know, again, I want to be sensitive and loving on this topic, but I also want to inspire people that have have walked your path or walked my path or walked the tens of thousands of people that I've seen come through grief recovery, where, again, we never wanted these losses, um, 
but we also didn't want to live in misery for the rest of our lives, right? And there is different ways forward. Um, and ours, I believe, is a is a really good one. And I think there are others out there, um, you know, in all different types of of life events. But but yeah, um, recovery can be really tricky sometimes in the title, right? Um, but we we also want to tell the truth about our experience, and we also want to give people hope because I think that's a that's a big thing too. Is there's quite a few people kind of like what it sounded like with your story where they may go try a different type of support group and they may hear someone where it sounds like the loss occurred a year ago and they find out it, it happened 12 years ago and they maybe they look at their spouse or they look at their friend where that they went and said I don't want this isn't what I want for me I don't, I don't want to be that 12 years from now and it's heartbreaking right I don't want to minimize that but that's really why we I get up in the morning is because I know that after a loss Society doesn't give us a lot of tools. And so we seek out other people who have had grief. And if we find the the wrong leader or the wrong group, we may just end up really good at supporting each other in our pain, right? And just getting very and and so we try and inspire people to say, hey, look over here. There's there's some recovery, there's some actions we can take to heal from this stuff. Um and so, you know, we we get quite a few people who have kind of made that turn. But if you're out there and you're you haven't made that turn and and recovery that word makes you a little bit upset or the thought of of living life differently makes you you know you you think it's impossible I would just implore you to 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 look into it a little further to talk to other people that have had the, a similar type of loss that you have that have used grief recovery specifically in this case obviously but who have used it and you may find wow, there are people that have healed and recovered from, from this type of a loss, right? Um, and and again, I, I did a video a while back in social media around the word recover, recovery, right? And a big part of that definition is just finding what was lost, right? Recovery is finding what was lost. And for a lot of us, our way, you know, our, our our way forward was lost. Our joy was lost. Our happiness was lost. And we're we're really looking for people to use these tools to transform the quality of their life. And for some of us, that may that may be feeling like we're at zero and we're just trying to get up to ten. For some of us, we're we want to optimize our life. I mean, grief recovery really is different for every person, depending on what the loss that brings you here, right? Or the the group of losses that brings you here. So. Sorry, I want to be respectful. I'm I'm used to talking. I don't want to go on too too long, Angela. So I want to be respectful of your time and not, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, hopefully no. that was helpful. Yes, absolutely. And I yep. love that you talk about recovery as in, you know, finding something that was lost, like recovering something, because it feels to me like um, I'm recovering my identity again. It's it's mm -hmm. like because that was lost. I didn't know who I was when that happened. Yes. And so, yeah. yeah, I love that terminology. I love the way that you explain that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and um. And the, the a couple of things I think worth mentioning um, real quick are that when when my dad first created this, he thought it was this was grief was about death, right? He he almost says he was embarrassed to say that, but that's that was his frame of reference. And we got into this work and we started utilizing this book to help people. And he quickly realized there are over forty life experiences that are grief, and there are 
Um, and they're all valid and they're all 100% of, of what we're grieving. And so we learned really quickly, we don't want to compare losses with other people. We don't want to judge people. We don't want to criticize people. And most importantly, we want to let people know that grief is a normal and natural process. And just because you're still hurting a year or a year and a half after the loss, just to know that there's nothing wrong with you, that it's not a disorder, that it's not a pathology, really what we're up against in this society and really worldwide is simply a lack of knowledge around grief and then also lack of knowledge around tools that may be helpful for your grief. And that's where we really try and help people is supply them with tools that they can utilize to heal. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and so just out of curiosity, what is one of those tools? Yeah. So I, I think the, the most basic tool that, that I would, um, say is that we want to reduce someone's sense of isolation around grief and loss, right? Um, so initially, sometimes when we have a loss, of course, we want to we want to have some moments of reflection and be by ourselves, right? But what can quickly transpire because people have lack of helpful information to say to us is they say stuff that they think is intellectually accurate, maybe, but it's emotionally unhelpful for us, right? So you know, really, you should be grateful for the time you had with them or, hey, their suffering is over. Or in the case of my dad, when he lost his son, be grateful that you guys can have another child, right? And all of these things are just gut-wrenchingly hurtful to us. And you hear that enough, and then you start going underground with your grief. And so the next time someone asks you how you're doing, you say, I'm fine, because you want to hide that because you don't want to, you don't want to entertain any of these conversations. Right. And so if I was emperor of the world, I would teach every child to just how, know how to engage and what to say and what not to say around grief and loss. Right. So, um, sorry, this is, I'm not answering your question directly, but so you say, so, you know, what, what, what are one of the tools? One of the tools is I would say, if you're supporting someone who is grieving, I would say, just always try and remember that for most of the time you're having a conversation with them, your only role in that conversation is, is to be a heart with ears. And notice I didn't say a heart with a mouth and I didn't say a heart with an opinion on where they should go next or any of those things, right? We as grievers want and need to feel heard. And if you are too busy, as they're telling you how they feel, if you're too busy planning your reply or planning what to say to cheer them up, right? Which we know is a lot of the time impossible. That's not going to, that doesn't need to be the outcome. Uh, the biggest gift a lot of the time is I can just be a heart with ears and no mouth and just make sure that person knows that I am hearing them. And you may be the only person that heard them all month, right? Um, following a loss. Um, so that's a tool I use every day as a listener. Now, if I'm if I'm actually a griever actively looking for tools, right? Um, one of the things that, that again, I'm going to do um, is... Find awareness and education around the topic of grief. That is one of the first tools we introduce to people is because we all know, of course, what our experience is internally around our grief, of course. But what we don't know, again, is we haven't had mom and dad sit us down growing up and say, hey, look, this is going to be an emotional thing that happens to you multiple times in your life. You know, they don't say, hey, we're going to we're going to be taught how to acquire things, but know nothing about how to lose them. Right. None of that goes on. And so we have our first grief event and we go back to some some bad tools that society promotes. Maybe we can get into that here in a little bit. But but anyway, getting back to 
really what I think is most important is a little bit more knowledge and awareness and education on what grief is, because often we're grieving and we don't even know it because we all associate grief with death. And we also associate grief with like this finite period of time after the loss, like, okay, I'm grieving two to six months after the loss, right? And then once I get to six months after the loss, I am healed because time has healed it, right? Of course, none of this is going on consciously, but it's kind of how we're all running around. And really what happens, unfortunately, for a lot of us in six to eight or nine months after a loss is, no, we just got better at drinking a little bit more wine. Or we got, you know, a little bit more comfortable with like watching Netflix a little bit more than we used to. Um those are some those are some examples I could go on and on and on. Uh, but the point is, is time is past, but we haven't really addressed all of the emotions on it that are that are still being harbored inside of us. And so let's say before a loss, we were living a hundred percent really fulfilled life. And after the loss, let's say we're living 60 percent of of what our life was before or 40 percent of what our life was before. But everyone tells us time is going to heal. And so we just wait six, seven months for it to heal. And really all we've done in that time is convince ourselves that this 50% is just our new 100%, right? Mm -hmm. And we all know those types of people where there have, have been so much grief in their life that they're just a shell of who they once were, right? And, and we just don't want that for people. So again, tool number one, well, let's get some more awareness around grief and around what grief is and where it can lie. I, we, I am grieving constantly around living relationships I have, right? I'm grieving it around change. I, I We moved from Oregon to Idaho uh, three years ago. I'm grieving about that, right? I'm grieving about the change in my relationship, let's say with my wife, right? Or I'm unfinished with past events from, from her and um, I don't want her to hear this. And, and, you know, I, and I would tell you, I think I have a great, beautiful marriage with my wife, you know, 100%, but there's still stuff, you know, hurtful emotions and events that have accumulated in our relationship. We've been together, you know, almost 20 years now. So, you know, there's parts of grief around a marriage or around, a, uh, you know, I'm watching my mom get older. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that is grief right? That relationship is changing, right? The role, ro the roles are slowly reversing. That's grief, right? I'm watching my kids and they, they go from this one fun stage and then they change. And then I look at my son and go, that other stage will never be again. That is grief, right? right? So that's where I mean a huge tool. If we could just give to everyone on the planet is more awareness about what grief is. So we could be a, more aware when we're, when we're actually grieving or have moments of grief. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then again, then we want to actually have, give people tools to help find how to process and complete that. Because unfortunately what we find in our world is with a, with a bunch of grief with loss after loss, after loss that no one shows us what to do with that accumulates. Right. And that energy, um, the body doesn't like that, right? And and we're seeking out things that we think are tools when really they're distractions. And so we wonder why we have the alcoholism rate we do or the drug addiction rate or the obesity rate or the domestic violence epidemic. You know, we wonder why these things are happening. And we would propose it's because our, our tea kettles are full. The pressure in us is, is 
it needs to blow, right? But we have a cork in us because that's what society told us was a good adult. So anyway, I know I'm kind of ranting here. My apologies again. Just rein me in anytime you want to go anywhere else. Oh, yeah, no, I, I love it. And and there was a quote actually um, on your site somewhere. Um, Bernard McGuane, McGrain. Mm. Oh, I think McGraw, maybe. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, it was unresolved grief is a major um, underlying issue in most people's lives. And yeah, but mm, I could resonate with that a bit. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You're certainly not going to get an argument out of me. And uh, I believe, and I didn't know him personally, but I believe he was a professor at a, a college down in Southern California where he actually implemented the grief recovery work to in his coursework. And so I know he was a big fan of, of this work and trying to get, get this information to the next generation. You know, again, knowledge, right? That's the only thing we're really facing as grievers is a lack of knowledge uh, around the topic. I mean, that's, that's I'd say, the biggest problem is, is just lack of knowledge around this. It's a topic we don't want to talk about. Uh, no one knows that much about it. We all know a little bit about our experience, but collectively, we haven't looked across the range. And I think that's kind of where a strength of ours is, is you know, the book's been sold over a, a million times. We've helped hundreds of thousands of people over almost 50 years now. So we've seen tens of thousands of widows and help them. We've helped thousands, if not tens of thousands of people who have lost a child. And so we kind of got to find some themes and some commonalities that can help all these people, again, while still honoring the uniqueness of their their relationship that they had that no one else will ever have. And so um, anyway, but yeah, I would agree that uh, for me, I... I, when I'm in my trainings or when I'm speaking, I, I always talk about if I'm in the subway or if I'm in an airport and I'm on one of those people movers and you just see people all over, I just see little thought bubbles above every one of them. And I'm just imagining the different grief that they've literally never either looked at at grief, never dealt with, never had anyone show them what to do with it. Um, and again, I love therapy. I love spiritual programs. I, I, I do a lot of other things other than grief recovery in my own life for, for self-improvement. Um, but so I don't want to say anything bad about any of those other tools, but I will say that none of those other tools, including therapy is designed around helping people with grief. Um, if, if you work with a therapist, which I do on a daily basis after they trust you a little bit and, and believe, you know what you're talking about, they'll admit, Hey, Cole, you want to hear something crazy? Sure. We spent a half a semester on all of our education on the topic of grief. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've you've come across that, but at first that was shocking to me, and then I heard it enough, and I and and I was like, well, I guess they spend about a half an hour, uh, half a semester on Elizabeth Kubler Ross, which is again, I know I, we probably don't have time to go down that rabbit hole, but the five stages of death and dying, which we don't agree were ever meant to be applied to grief, um, they spend a little time on that, and that is it, and then they have to go out there and work with client after client after client, and all of them have grief. A lot of it is going unnoticed as grief. Um, and again, therapists do a bunch of great stuff that I'm not qualified to do with people. But around the topic of grief, I think we have a huge gap in the mental health profession on education and awareness of how to help people with that with that emotional experience. Yeah, yeah. And I would agree. And, you know, I didn't know when I lost Blaine that there was such a thing as a grief coach or that there was specific mm -hmm. um coaching or 
therapy around grief. You know, you went to a psychologist or you went to a therapist, but I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I love what you're doing. Um, I love that you're just interviewing people in this world and getting the awareness out there. I think that's such an admirable, great thing you're doing and you're you're coaching people and helping people. And it's like, bravo, we can't have, we can't have enough people in this space helping people because everyone is affected negatively by unresolved grief. Um, If you've been on this planet longer than five years, I would say. Um, Right. And and it is again, whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, it's it's affecting our current relationships. So, a uh, really an example I see all the time in a, in a group I'd like to help more are men. You know, we help a lot more women than we do men, and but I'll tell you that a lot of men are unfinished emotionally with their father, <laughs> right? And they are grieving their relationship with their father. And again, their father could still be living, but they have unfinished emotions and hurt and pain from their father. And that is affecting how they father their child. That is affecting how they show up in their marriage. That's affecting how they interact with other adult males in their life. And a lot of the time to the negative, right? If we're unfinished with stuff from the past, we may go to kind of obsolete actions in in our current time. Same with uh, people who are unfinished with their high school sweetheart or unfinished with their first spouse. If we don't go in and grieve and really know how to complete all that unfinished business, guess what we're bringing into the new relationship? All of that grief and all of that pain, right? And then all of a sudden we have arguments where there's like, you know, I'm arguing and there's three invisible people in the room and you're on the other side arguing with me and there's three invisible exes of your past in the room. And, you know, we wonder why it's really hard to have a relationship in 2024. I was about to say 2023, but, you know, so... Anyway, yeah, there's there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned a little bit about spirituality. Do you think that um that our beliefs in something bigger than ourselves is helpful in grief recovery? Yeah, you know, this is a this is a great question, Angela, and one honestly I don't get asked often. And so this is what I will say. Um, this is the the standard. I'm the president of the organization. So this is like the, this is what, what I have to say. And then I'm going to tell you my personal journey. So what, what I love about the grief recovery method is we help Christians, we help Muslims, we help Jews, we help Buddhists. There's literally not a continent on this planet where we don't help people. We help atheists, we help agnostics. So what our core work that we do at the grief recovery method is we come from the standpoint that unresolved grief and the emotion, uh, the the experience of grief is primarily an emotional experience for a human being, and so we focus, no matter what background you have, around we help you really identify all of the emotional work that that you can do, that's painful for you that you need to do. What that frees people up to do is go get reconnected with with their God or their spirituality. Because what happens is if they don't come to us first or they don't come to you first, what happens is if they, oftentimes, not all the time, but often if they go to their spiritual leader first, their spiritual leader will try to introduce spiritual tools first. And so an example would be, I'm going to pick scripture from the Bible that will hopefully address this spiritual stuff. The problem is, is often the person is is bleeding to death emotionally, and really they need emotional kind of first aid before they need 
the spiritual first aid. And so that can come off as insensitive. It can come off as not being as empathetic if we if we go right to the spiritual tools first. So mm-hmm. what we suggest is, hey, let's help someone. Let's say if they they lost their child, let's let's help them with the the all of the emotional work that they need to do before we introduce kind of some of these very tricky concepts around God and why did this happen and why was this allowed? That can really get people stuck if we go to those spiritual tools first. But we find if we can help them work through the emotional stuff about saying goodbye to their son or their daughter. Um, They can sort out the spiritual stuff a lot better. Um, So that's kind of my standard answer is we help people um, no matter what your spiritual belief is. Now, the Cole, the individual, you know, over here, I will tell you that God and spirituality is a huge part of my life. Um, and a huge part of my my healing and 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 how I how I show up and how I heal um, and um, and and a source of strength and and all of those things. So it's hugely important to me. Um, I just kind of know the the order I need to go in my work, right? And for me, when I have a uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording, but you know, my dad passed away several years ago. Uh, and it was hugely painful for me. He was a hero of mine and will always be a hero of mine. And he died of cancer. And so I would go back and forth from Idaho to Oregon. And as he battled cancer and it got more painful and more painful and more pain and it's months and this is drawn out. And it was just a very, very hard time for me. And luckily I had the grief recovery tools and I knew kind of how to complete things with him while he was still alive emotionally. I knew how to complete things that I had for missed when he was dying. And after he had died, I knew how to complete stuff emotionally. And then I also knew how to go to spiritual tools that are, that are ho- helpful for me as well. But, uh, but the beauty of it is I had different tools in my toolbox for these different aspects and often that's not the case. Our spiritual leaders go only to their spiritual tools because they're not trained with the emotional stuff. Our mental health people go to the mental health tools before really the key grief emotional tools because they're not trained in it. And grief is not like a one size fits all thing. You can't just take tools from other some other place and 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 say, hey, this is going to work perfectly over here. Um, I'm I'm sober, and so I I belong to a twelve step program, and I went to this conference one time. And they're like, here's how you apply the 12 steps on grief. And and me and my, you know, and I'm just, I, I was just <laughs> squirming in my chair because I'm like, look, that was applied so you can quit drinking and put down the bottle, right? And that's great. It's <laughs> done really good for that. But you can't just take that and just think, okay, it's going to work perfectly over here, right? And so the work we do is designed for, for one thing and one thing alone. Uh, and we'll never veer from that or stray from that. We, we're here to help people with the emotional experience of grief. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that really is, um, like you say, it's, it's the first step is recognizing all of these emotions and then having some kind of tools or strategies to be able to deal with those. Because like you say, if we don't, then we just learn how to numb those things with whatever we choose, uh, or working or whatever that might be. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, Again, from from earlier in the conversation, I grew up in the grief recovery household. I mean, my dad was working with grieving people in my living room my entire childhood. Mm. So, but that's not to say that I picked up all those tools, right? Because where else was I? I was growing up in society and I was watching all the action films that say, you know, boys don't cry. 
and you got to be tough and you got to be strong at all costs and you can't show emotion. And, and so I'm busy trying to be a good little American boy. Right. And that equates to stuff, 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 stuffing all that down. Well, after it accumulates in me for long enough, I don't like to do that. That doesn't feel good. Right. I don't have the, the maturity yet to do the grief recovery method work. Right. So what do I do? I get into drugs, I get into alcohol, I get into, you know, video games and, and, um, and the list goes on because like you said, right, the pain gets hard. I need to distract from it. I need to numb it. I need to blunt it. Cause I, cause I have no other tools and, you know, luckily for my journey at the right time, again, I believe God said, okay, here, I'm going to show you what was in front of you this whole time. You just couldn't see it. And now you can see it. Here are the tools that have been here the whole time. In fact, they're right in your home with <laughs> that your dad was offering up to you for a long time, right? <laughs> so why don't you apply these? And and it completely helped me heal from, from a lot of stuff I needed to heal from. Yeah. And how beautiful that you've got all of that experience, you know, all of that personal experience, and then all the wisdom that you've been handed from your father. That's just amazing. So yeah, I'm, I'm truly grateful. Thank you. I, I've worked with a bunch of just incredible people. Um, Russell Friedman was a, he's since passed away, um, unfortunately too, but he was a huge part of the Grief Recovery Institute and Nancy, uh, Dr. Nancy Martin was an, uh, an incredible person. I mean, the people I got to train under, I I'm truly humbled because it was collectively well over a hundred years of helping people with grief. Right. And I got to see it from delivered from men. I got to see it delivered from women. I got to see it delivered from spiritual people. I got to see it from non-spiritual people. I got to see it like, again, people of all colors, um, different backgrounds. And it's, it's, it was just incredible. So I was just in, in the right place at the right time to kind of study under these people. And again, just carry this on to the next generation. Yeah. And how beautiful that, that all of this work that you're doing is helping so many people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, fun, fun. I know fun is a weird word, right? People be like, oh, they'll yeah. ask me, what do you do? And I say, oh, I help up with, with grief and loss. Right. And they'll say, oh, that must be the toughest job ever. And what I tell them is if I was just there and my only thing I knew how to do was put my arm around you and comfort you. Um, I probably would have burned out a long time ago. Right. But because I get to share these tools and watch people set themselves free of things they may have been carrying for five, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, that's what really keeps me coming back to this work is the hope we provide the outcomes we get to help facilitate. Um, not that, you know, it's the person doing the work that get to really feel and, and earn those outcomes. But if I can just be a part of that and watch the, the, that part of the story unfold, I'm, I'm hooked, you know, that's, that's why I love doing this work. Yeah. Yeah. It's very gratifying when you can yeah. help someone else through something yeah. you, you understand yourself, how hard yeah. it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and also just, uh, I know, you know, this by, by what you do also just knowing kind of how to read folks. And sometimes, I mean, look, three days after my dad died, right? It was not the time for me to pick up the grief recovery tools and start getting into action, right? Mm -hmm. So it's also understanding what, where is someone at with, with, are they just feeling this? And that's, that's, and just getting out of bed is, is really the mission. And, and then at what time do, are we looking for tools? Are we looking to move forward? I know that's different for each person, but that's, I always find that interesting too, just figuring mm -hmm. out where someone's at or where I'm at. Am I ready to, to work on this? And, you know, so anyway, just another thought. 
Yeah. Yeah. And everybody is so different, like you say. So um, with all your experience being able to read people and where they are and, you know, being able to help them, even though it is a very unique journey that they're going through. Yeah, it is. And I've been wrong plenty, right? I mean, I, I've, I've, I've thought at times people weren't ready to do this and they were like, no, Cole, I'm, I'm coming to do the work. Right. And then I've thought other times people are, are ready and they keep come up with excuse after excuse, you know, no, I'm rearranging my book collection this weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I get it. You know? And so, right. What What's our job? Our job is to love people and be a little bit different than everyone else in the world which means, hey, I'm going to be a heart with ears and I'm going to not put my foot on my mouth and say all this stuff that everyone else is saying out there. And then if there comes a time where you're ready to take more action and you don't want to keep carrying this around, like here we are, right? And and here, let me show you a little bit of other people's stories because obviously that's important, right? We've tried other things and maybe they weren't helpful or someone kept dancing around the topic. And so I like to do that too. I like to show people don't take my word for it. Because again, sometimes the disconnect for our work is, but Cole, you haven't had the same type of loss that I had. So how can you possibly help me? That's a really hard argument I don't want to have. So I'll just go find my friends that all have that same type of loss and say, hey, will you talk to so-and-so? You know, And, and then at least it makes it safer for that person. Because the, the, the truth is, um, you are, you can help me with loss and I can help you with loss. And we ha- we don't need to have had the same type of loss for, for one of us to help each other. That that's the truth. I've just seen it too much, but again, that grievers, because this, hopefully this topic is so infrequent to us, statistically speaking, um, in terms of the major losses that will really have someone come to us. Um, they, they don't know that they don't believe that they think the only person that can help me is person has had this type of loss, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so that's tricky at times, but then once we get into the work and they trust you, they say, okay, I got it. Like you're showing me a framework. You do not have to have been where I was, but, but this makes sense. Right. But that can be tricky messaging wise with people. Yeah. 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 And I understand that. I think I thought, you know, almost the same way. Um, but I was so desperate for any kind of help (laughs) that my grief coach, this wasn't necessarily what she dealt with, but boy, did she help me, uh, immensely. Mm -hmm. Great. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's, um, it's funny. We are, we're trying to kind of look at different ways to create courses and programs for people based on the type of loss which we've always been resistant to because if we have a group or we have a weekend workshop, we can have 20 people, 15 people, all with different types of losses. And if we set up a safe place for them not to say, oh, well, I can't I can't hurt because the, I just got a divorce and so-and-so, her husband died, right? This whole pecking order we do, mm-hmm. when you can move away from that and really show people that we all grieve at 100%, all of our hearts are broken at 100%. And we don't need to compare because what happens if we're going to compare all the 20 people in the room, how many people can actually feel bad? We're going to have to have to, you know, we're going to have to compete for the one person in that room that has the most tragic, horrible story out of all of us. And all of the rest of us have to suck it up. Right. And that's who is that serving? Mm-hmm. Nobody. Maybe maybe the one person in the room that that gets to do the work, but all the rest of us have to kind of just bury our our sad and pain. So anyway, um, it does work like that. I mean, time and time again, 
uh, our work is based on anyone in the room can work on anything. And by day two, by session three, people support each other. They love each other. They, they, you know, they're, they're all helping each other, but it can also be very hard for people to go through the door. If, you know, if with that concept, right, they think they're looking for a widow's group, or they think they're looking for a group for only people that have lost children. And so anyway, we're, we're looking at ways to, to address that, you know, and to kind of meet people where they're at and not be so stringent on what we believe. And we know it can work this way and be like, Hey, you know what? Are we going to help and serve more people if we kind of meet them where they're at, which is they're looking specifically for work to be done around that type of loss. And so that's exciting for me, just another opportunity to reach more people with these tools um, and kind of, again, meet them where they're at versus us being so stringent on what we what we believe or what we, what we think they need to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. So um, just to give people a little bit of hope or inspiration have you got anything else that you'd like to share before we go yeah i am sorry i'm kind of a one-trick pony right so my (laughs) hope and inspiration is um give the grief recovery method a try uh you can do that in a very low investment way by just buying the book or getting the book from your library and working through it by yourself in that book it also has instructions on how to work with a, a trusted friend So, you know, you could also do that. We have thousands of amazing people that do this work um, that are incredible and are just waiting to help you too. And and you could do this work in a group environment. You can do this work one-on-one. You know, if it's something that you think, hey, I really want to help other people as well. We we do offer a certification where we we, um, certify people in this work and they kind of do this and and help people. Um, You know, and then also, I also want to say, we're not the only game in town and there's a lot of good people out there helping people with grief and loss. So, uh, it doesn't have to be our work. I would just suggest, right. That like, talk to Angela, talk to someone that you trust in the grief world. Look at what kind of the results that they are helping people with, because definitely you do want to be protective of your heart. Um, I will say like what we talked about earlier today, there are people that got into this work because they were unfinished with their own grief and they never found the tools to help, but they had a good message or they're personable or whatever. And I would just say, be very wary of finding a camp where the whole goal of the support group is, is pain and long-term pain that may challenge people out there or where you feel right now. And I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable with people being angry with me or being upset with things I say, but I just want you to know that there are, there are people out there like Angela and like me that have dealt with losses. We never wanted. We, it's not fair that we endured them. It's not fair that that person's not here anymore. Like I hear you and, and I've been in places where it's just the depths of my soul were shattered. Um, but there are ways to get through that. And there are still ways to live with a fulfilling, joyous life where you're still emotionally available to your friends and your loved ones and your children and, you know, your, whoever your tribe is like, you can get back to that. It it is possible. And so just do your homework on where are, where is this leader trying to lead you? What, what is this program? What does the end result look like? What is the end result that others have had? And if it's years and years of just getting really good about talking about pain, you know, just be very wary of that because there, there is that out there too. 
Thank you so much for that and hope and inspiration. And thank you for taking the time today to talk about this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure was all mine again. Thank you, Angela, for having me. Yeah, and thanks everybody for watching and bye for now.